Welcome back to the Helpful Huddle Podcast. I am your host, Luke, and I'm sitting here with a new friend of mine, Jen Greenhut. Say hi to the people. Hi, people. <laughs> and Jen, I want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. And I think you have an amazing story to tell, and I'm excited for people to hear, and I'm excited to learn more about you. I'm excited to share, um, which is sort of like what I'm doing these days, the last six years, trying to share my story because I feel like it happened to me for me to share to other people. Absolutely. And I love that. I love that you're taking that initiative to share what you've been through and what you've done since. And we're being vague, but we'll <laughs> we'll dive into the weeds of it. So okay. are, are you ready for us to get started? I'm ready. Ready, ready. Perfect. So, so how I like to start these interviews is I like to start broad and I want to learn about your story. I want to learn about your journey, childhood to now, whatever you feel like sharing. Okay. Well, um, my childhood started in New York City and it also started with some drama because I decided to come out super early and I was put in an incubator right away. And I was, I developed like a membrane issue around my heart. So it was like touch and go for like two weeks, but I pulled through and I always blame a lot of my independence and wanting to do things my way from the fact that I was in an incubator and didn't have a lot of tenderness and care for the first couple of weeks. So I was kind of like on my own in the beginning. So um, I blame a lot of my independence on that. But I come from a really great family. We, I have uh, three siblings. I was the oldest. Grew up in New York City. Uh, was a really great dancer. I did ballet. I did gymnastics. I did piano. And I fell in love with gymnastics. I wanted to be like Romanian and Russian and go to the Olympics for the United States. So I left home at 14 to train for the Olympics. Lived in Allentown, Pennsylvania and ended up blowing my knee out in, in when I was on the US national team and I was like on the right path, but I hurt my knee, it put me back and I just got a, a scholarship to a bunch of colleges and I ended up at UCLA. So that was the first 18 years. Um, but as a gymnast, uh, I don't know if anyone knows, it's a soup, it's a really tough sport. So demanding. It's so demanding. You're basically a soldier or um, in war. You know, you have to be perfect. You have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to control all your feelings and emotions and just show up perfect. And with you, if you have pain, you don't really cry. You know, you just fight through it. So it's kind of, I was learning how not to be myself. I was learning how to be a machine. And, um, you know, it was my choice. I wanted to do that. But when I got to college and did it all through college and then got out of college, I was sort of like a fish out of water. Like, oh my gosh, who am I? Uh, what is life going to be about? I was, I had such a, a high status as a gymnast. And now all of a sudden I'm like, you know, a regular person. And I didn't know how to be that you know so i actually fell in love with acting because i was able to explore 
my emotions and feel free to cry as opposed to judging myself as crying and feeling weak. And um, I wanted to be like Audrey Hepburn and make a lot of money and give a lot of money back. I had a passion for the homeless. I had a passion for the hungry. So that was sort of what my plan was. Of course, nothing really ever goes according to plan, but I did want to do something that I saw was a big need in the world. Um, so I did though, I did do acting and that's kind of what brought me out to LA as an actress and it kind of sucked me in. And so I worked here and there and it was kind of like, again, the, the drama of the gymnastics and the acting, it was like, I'm on a high if I'm working, I'm on a low if I'm not working. And I took my self worth as either I'm working, I'm great, I'm not working, I'm horrible and depressed. So it was also a roller coaster and one that I realized wasn't totally good for my feelings of self-worth and my feelings of self-love. Uh, it was all very external, nothing I could control. Everything was about if I was, you know, booking jobs or not. And uh, to make a long story short, I got married to my agent. I got divorced to my agent all within a period of four months. And I fell in love with yoga. <laughs> because yoga was teaching my body how to open and how to how to open physically and how my mind started opening because my body was opening. So it was such a deep connection I was learning between mind, body, spirit, and I was becoming happy as my body was opening. And I just found that so profound and I just dove into yoga. I was like, I want to bring this to other people. If this is saving my life, you know, and I went, I was somebody that went to therapy all the time. I like talked all the time about my problems. Nothing was ever changing. And all of a sudden my body starts changing and then I start changing. So I found that connection to be so cool. And I became like super involved in yoga, teaching. I taught a lot of athletes. I taught a lot of actors and business people wow. and um that was like really fun for me and at the same time I was acting on the side and I also fell into writing I fell into music and singing and songwriting and lyric writing so I kept the writing creative side also the yoga it was like I was I was enjoying it all and I felt like I was becoming healing myself and I was healing other people so cut to <laughs> um I guess the older you get, the more stories, the more chapters you have to share. So sure. uh, I, you know, marrying the wrong person made me very picky for the next relationship uh, mm. to get into. And also really wanting a family, but not wanting a family with the wrong person. So I, I dated a lot. I had a lot of long-term relationships, but they just weren't the right ones. And so I met my person in my early forties. So it was on the later side. Um, but when we met, I said, you know, right off the bat, I'm not finished having fully fulfilling my dreams. You know, I really want to have a family. And he had a child already. And he came to the table, like saying on our first date, uh, I didn't think you really wanted a family because I don't want a family. So 
what are we going to do? And then by the end of that first date, he was like, you know what, this is going to sound so crazy, but I feel like I could have a family with you. I feel like wow. I didn't do it right the first time. And I feel like I would be all in. Um, of course, I wasn't really ready to jump all in with this person. I just was meeting, but at least okay. I knew, at least I knew we were sort of on the same path if we were going to start dating. So we didn't though start dating. We became friends. He was in the music world. I was in the music world as well. We became like, we wrote songs together and developed this great friendship. And then after four months, I was like, you know what? This guy is pretty good. He's like, I feel like I can trust him. I'm going to just jump in and see where it goes. And then basically a year later, he asked me to marry him. And uh, we got married. We were in IVF, IVF, IVF for about a good year and a half. Um, so it wasn't like, you know, newlyweds having fun and traveling and being, you know, it's like newlyweds. Okay. I have a mission. We're accomplishing this because I got to get the babies out first. Mm -hmm. And, um, of course, putting a lot of stress on that. And really for me, I was so connected to my dreams of having family. Nothing is going to make me happy unless I have kids. And I was putting this huge pressure on myself. And after the third round of IVF, um not working super depressed super like self-judging and critical like everyone has everything and I have nothing and well is me feeling just sorry for myself and I'm never going to be happy and you know I have this great guy and I feel so bad for him because I'm just so miserable and all of these just horrible thoughts about myself and really feeling lost we got a dog which I fell in love with, however, still like really feeling lost. And then, and then I was diagnosed with stage four cancer. And that's what sort of set the whole thing in motion of healing and finding uh, gratitude. Like when I was diagnosed, I didn't understand it. First, I was never sick. I was an athlete, I was a gymnast, I was a yoga teacher, I was this health nut. How do I have stage four cancer and not even have any symptoms other than a lump that was under my arm, which has caused me to go to the doctor. And um, all I wanted after that was to be alive. You know, it was like, did you ever see the movie? It's a wonderful life. When he comes back realizing when he, if he wasn't here, how many people he affected in his life. So for me, it was just like, I can't believe how much I had in my life that I wasn't appreciating. All I was appreciating, all I was thinking about was what I didn't have in my life and what wasn't working and what I didn't like. And, and I was like, I can't believe I wasted my life just not knowing how much I had. And so for the first couple of weeks, I was really scared. Uh, I thought I was gonna die. I was so, again, really mad at myself for just taking my life for granted and not realizing how much I had. And then um, going through different doctor appointments and looking for the right oncologist, it was so nerve wracking. But I said to myself, like, I really connected, I connect to the universe. I look for signs that God is here in some way leading us. And I just kept saying, send me a sign. You know, I feel like one doctor is going to save my life. One doctor might not save my life. So I really want to pick the right person. And it was doctor number three, who was at UCLA, an oncologist there. 
And I just, I felt safe in his office right away. But I also, when he told me if I had gotten pregnant, the pregnancy would have killed me. I changed everything in that moment. I just realized everything was working out for my benefit. And if that was saving my life by not giving me what I wanted, then maybe cancer is saving my life. So maybe cancer is giving me something that I need and that I want. And I just fully embraced it from there on. And I feel that was like the biggest gift that I could have had going through my journey, just believing that it was supposed to be happening to me and it was supposed to make me better and not worse. So that's what happened. (laughs) And part of my mission is to share with every patient and not even cancer, anybody going through any type of huge challenge, believe in it and embrace it with love and gratitude and a willingness, a willingness and a curiosity to learn. What am I supposed to heal with this problem that's happening? And it's not really a problem. This is a gift. I looked at cancer as a gift. I am being chosen to go through this gift and to learn so many lessons in intention and healing and prayer in the power of like our mindset and the power of our beliefs and just our stories that we say in our heads, they come true if we really believe it. So I guess I manifested the happy ending that I really wanted, but I lived it. I lived it and I believed it. That's incredible. And obviously, well, not obviously, but we know we have not met each other. So I didn't really know any anything about your story other than what I read on your website. Um, but what I'm finding is that it's just so relatable at different stages. Not, I mean, not everyone was a high level athlete or live, living, living what some people might call the dream in LA, but going from, through the highs and lows and the mindset that it takes to go through those is just astounding. And everything that you've gone through is honestly crazy. And I, and thank you for sharing the story. My pleasure. It's I'm, I'm still like happy. Like I'm still like feeling like the story was given to me mm-hmm. that, you know, I just sort of didn't want to die. So how do I, you know, make the most of this story, but also and, and this is a big thing too. Like, I didn't know what the ending really would be. You know, I knew what I wanted it to be. And if I was going to die, I didn't want to have the last couple of years of my life being miserable. So it was like, how do I be happy in this situation? And that was, that was a big lesson because that is sort of like what we're supposed to do. I think find joy, find purpose in all of the struggle that we have, because being a human being, we're all going to have struggles. That's sort of I think why we came here, you know, to struggle and heal and get better and evolve. And if we can enjoy the entire journey, then what else do we need? You know, we just need to get through it. It's going to be a chapter, a chapter I want to look back at and sort of find that it didn't, you know, make me sad or it made me happier. So, um, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And I absolutely love that. And a question that just popped in my mind about it and prefacing it with like you went from the struggles with that IVF not working to shortly thereafter getting uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer. And yours is on a scale that is so much more extreme than a lot of people 
may go through, but yeah. a lot of people are in that space where they feel like they've hit rock bottom. And I'm, and I guess one question would be like, did you feel that? And then if so, what was that? Was there a moment or a turning point where, where you, something sparked and you made the 180 of like, how can I make this good? It was the turning point and the rock bottom was the feeling that I missed out on my life's purpose, meaning I wasn't having a child. And then if that's not going to happen, let's just give this person stage four cancer and kill her. You know, she didn't do her job here on earth. Let's just get her off and have her start again. And I felt like such a failure having stage four cancer in a way. And I felt like, I also felt like I didn't understand anything anymore, you know, cause I was somebody that really did believe in mindset and law of attraction and calling in certain things. And because I had never even thought of cancer in my world, in my life, like how do, how did this happen? So nothing made sense. And I just felt so lost and like nothing means sense and you just die. And that was super depressing. But because of the doctor saying, you know, your pregnancy would have killed you. That, that really was a turning point for me. I felt chills in the office. Like it was like everything in my life completely made sense all the way up to that moment. And all of my mistakes that I had made were not mistakes. They were where I was supposed to be. All of the relationships that I chose that didn't end in the way I wanted them to end those were setting me up for this person that I was with, you know, and all of the disappointments were supposed to happen. So I understood my entire life and the path. I understood even why I picked gymnastics because I knew how to train and really how to focus on stuff. And I felt like once I was in chemo and radiation surgeries, I was training for my life, you know, and I was just so strong and focused. And I think that gymnastics background set me up for this. So all of the things that I used to think, like, why did you do that? That was so stupid. That really ruined your life. Everything was perfect. Everything was perfectly aligned with the failures and the successes and all of it. So I think that was the, the major turning point for me. And then I just had to trust the doctors, which, you know, you choose your doctors wisely. That's why I always tell people to get a couple of opinions because one person's going to maybe connect more than others and never just go with the first person. So, which is, you know, I'm so grateful for my team of doctors. They're part of the reason why I'm here. And they're the reason kind of like they gave me the, the ability to trust. And they said, they gave me, they're doing their jobs and I'm going to do my job. How do I show up for them? How do they show up for me? And it was like a team. So, but that was the big turning point, knowing that getting pregnant would have killed me. So. I totally get it. I yeah. totally get it. Um, I, I totally get it just in the sense of like, I, I've been there like in moments of, for me, it was medical as well. Like shouldn't have lived through this. And that, and that happened for me twice. And we can talk about that later on, but yeah. I, I get it. And being able to see like, why, why did I do this? Why was this? Why? 
for me, I was a high, I was a high level baseball player and then had a traumatic brain injury that In kind base, of de- that really, with baseball, yeah. like you hit in the head or something. Yeah, I got hit in the head with baseball and, and doctor told me like after a surgery that I was probably an hour away from dying, like, and, but then it looks back of like, looking for me, it was, it's looking back. I'm like, why didn't, why did that happen? And baseball didn't work out. And now I see where my life is now. Like, ah, this is Mm -hmm. why, because it would have taken me on a completely different journey and this is where I'm supposed to be. So I, I do understand where you're coming from with that. And I, again, thank you for sharing that part of it. And, but something I also want to point out from what I'm hearing in your story, and I kind of want to learn more about your mindset of is every stage of your life. I feel like there's trial and triumph. Like you, you were born early and was in the NICU triumph. You went through gymnastics and I know how grueling it is. Um, Got injured triumph started acting they think all the way throughout your life even up till now what i guess what's your mindset when it comes to like you're hit with a trial of any kind well like for example the trial now now is like this company that i started and trying to build it having no business experience at all I just had a passion, like, all right, how do I raise money for cancer research? How do I share my message? Triple negative was my cancer. It sounds like zero negative is where I want to be. Zero negative means positive. So I felt even that was giving me the name of like this brand that I'm now creating. So, you know, I'm very hard on myself, as you know now, and zero negative is not struggling, but it's in the beginning stages, you know, it's I'm building. And so I don't know where it's going to go. I kind of know where I want it to go. I feel like not a failure because it's not where I want it to be at this moment. Um, But it is a challenge and a trial. Like this is the trial now for zero negative, but I'm believing that it's, it's not about like the end. It's about the journey towards the, where you want it to go. So I'm giving myself more leeway of just, you know, this is going to be my life building zero negative, talking about my story, raising money, um, talking about the book that I wrote with my husband, making it a series, hopefully Netflix or Hulu or whatever. Uh, so it doesn't have to be anywhere right now. I've already triumphed. I'm here. I'm alive. The triumph is now enjoying the life that I have. And, um, just, it's like, a puzzle, a puzzle that the pieces we're trying to put together. We don't have problems. Like we, we have food on our table. We have shelter, we have safety. You know, we are so fortunate just to remember how fortunate we are. And so our problems are really kind of just puzzles and finding the pieces of the puzzle and what fits. So, you know, the, whatever we're trying to accomplish or solve gets solved without the stress. It's a fun game to figure it out and now that I have my health it's like what more can I really want you know have my health and have family and have friends and it's just all of the trials now are just sort of like okay that's life you know that's that's part of growing and evolving and I I never want to stop growing and evolving and 
learning. And, you know, I see people that speak about age, like you get to a certain age and then you're like over the hill kind of thing. And I sort of look at age as you keep getting better. You know, we keep growing and growing and growing and then we explode and then we go up and we're dead. <laughs> but I just want to keep going, you know, better, better and bigger, expanding. I love so. that. And I always love the always one step, one foot in front of the other getting better. I love that mindset of it. Um, but you mentioned uh, zero negative. Mm-hmm. And that's a perfect lead in because I I have visited your website, but I want you to tell our listeners like what is zero negative? And you you gave us a little story of behind like the name, but what is it? What's the mission of it? And where where do you want to see it going? So um the mission behind zero negative is the the major lessons that I wanted to share through my cancer journey is love, gratitude, trust, surrender to the challenge, embrace the challenge with love and curiosity. So Zero Negative became a company that designed accessories that said love or say love and proceeds of every accessory goes back to cancer research at UCLA. So that's the mission just to keep on that team of helping the doctors and scientists keep getting closer to finding a cure, but also not putting all of our just trust in the doctors, like teaching patients that we have 50% of the responsibility to look for the healing and uh, believing that we are part of the healing process with our doctors. So as much as we want them to find a cure, we also want to know what's our cure. Like, how do we, how do we, embrace chemo with a trust that it's actually saving our life and not poisoning ourselves. And that, you know, you say a prayer, you say an intention, you surrender and you open your body up to this magic medicine that potentially is made for you and to save your life. And so my whole thing is, you know, I just want to teach patients that they have a choice of how they want to see their situation. I think so many people just are taught hate chemo, hate cancer, hate radiation, you know, Just be pissed off and be angry. And I'm just saying you can do that. That's your choice. But you don't have to choose that. You can choose another way of going about about it that might work better for you. If you want to be happy, if you do want to feel like there is a purpose in everything and you might not, you know, everybody's different. But I think um, that's sort of zero negative. So it's a it's becoming more it's a, you know, a brand, a mindset brand to not just focus in cancer, focus on teaching everyone how to be a better human, how to make life more enjoyable and how to embrace life and how to, you know, believe that you're a healer inside and you're healing yourself and you're healing each other. And we're all here as a big, happy family, even though we're not a big, happy family right now. But um, my goal is to keep designing products that will eventually say different things. They won't say love. They'll be you know, maybe I'll come up with trust the next one or, you know, believe or um, gratitude, stuff like that. T-shirts, sweatshirts. I want to do chemo kits. So in all the love totes that we have is our signature brand bag, Mm -hmm. um, putting in everything that I found very helpful for chemo to get me through chemo radiation, to look 
decent, like with beanies and scarves and gloves and creams and have everything in a kit. So even if you're not the one going through cancer, but maybe your wife is, or maybe your friend is, you know, kind of what you can give them because it's all put together for them. So that's sort of like where um, I'm going. And I just partnered up with a, another survivor who um, we're on the same, we're on the same wavelength. And it's funny because her son is a baseball player um, in the minors in the Boston uh, Rockies, oh, wow. I guess. And he just got hurt and he just had a major surgery, even though oh, no. he's a pitcher and they're hoping he's going to be back in a year or so, mm-hmm. but she just had to go and deal with all of that surgery stuff. And, you know, it's tough as an athlete when your whole career is like possibly taken away. But anyway, mm-hmm. she, she's a survivor and we have the same dreams. So um, one of the things I learned when I was going through cancer after cancer I was sort of asking the universe, like, am I doing the right thing? I feel like you saved, you helped save my life. Thank you. And I just want to, I want to do what I'm supposed to do, you know, thinking I'm supposed to do something. And I just had a a crazy dream saying zero negative is your message and your gift and you will be developing it. And you don't know how to do it all at once right now, but we will be sending in the, the connections here and here and here and and I really feel like that is what's been happening it's like I'm sort of on the ride and the right people are coming at the right time and uh sometimes I'm impatient and I'm angry and I'm like why is this so hard and then all of a sudden you know I meet the person that I'm supposed to meet so it's um it's something that I really am passionate about and and I'm, I'm happy now that it's going to be becoming bigger. And this October, we're going to have a big fundraiser for UCLA. And wow. it'll be um, announced on the website, of course. But uh, we're hoping to make it like a national fundraiser um, through another company that you'll love this. It's So it's Women Helping Women. Mm-hmm. And uh, there, there's a big club called Hunklemania. And it's all over the country. And it's basically like men dancing for women, you know, like a magic mic. So it's like a magic mic night for fun and games and and joy and connection and and giving back to cancer research by having so much fun and, you know, getting male dancers. (laughs) (laughs) So that's sort of like the plan for October. But um, as far as the products, they're all being sort of designed right now. And hopefully we'll have a bunch come fall and a new website and a new kind of branding rebranding stuff so that's all in the works that's perfect and i i love the mission i love what you're trying to achieve and going to achieve i I, i'm already saying that can never count you out on anything um (laughs) and i I think and i also love the idea of your october event and making that a annual thing and a i i think it's so cool and just having fun and all for a good cause. I absolutely love it. Um, a question that comes to mind for it is like, because you mentioned a little earlier, no, no business education or things like that. Um, and then also this, this fact that you're, I mean, you started a business and so many people want to do something like that and analysis paralysis or just never 
do it because they're so nervous about it. Those two, those two kind of things kind of hand in hand, like, I guess the easiest way to ask is like, how, like, how did you, how did you do this with no, no formal education for business? And as far as I know, you, I guess you, is this your first business, like personal business? Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's just how, and then how did you have the mindset to just go for it? Well, it's a good question. I felt at the time, and, and I did this during chemo, mind you. So I was so passionate that I needed to help. I was so grateful for my doctors and I was so passionate in helping them. And I felt one of the first lessons I learned right off the bat was the importance of self-love. I had been so critical of myself throughout my life and I was so mean to myself. And what was that? That wasn't serving me. I really had to love myself and love all my imperfections. And I wanted to spread love and I wanted to help cancer research. Um, I also felt my type of cancer, they told me if it comes back, it comes back within five years. And when it does come back, you're, you're pretty much a goner. If my cancer comes back, if it doesn't come back within five years, then you're good forever. So it's one of those like crazy situations. It's coming back, it's to kill you or it's not coming back in five years and you're good. So in that first year, and especially going through chemo, I was like, okay, my life might be dependent on me helping doctors find a cure for me and for others. So I was like, I don't have a choice. Like I have to get on this team of raising money. And I'm not going to be the one giving money because I don't have much money to give. So I have to start a company to raise money. So it wasn't really a question. It was just like, this is what I have to do. You know, my life depends on it. And then, um, you know, things fall into place. I had a friend who was a designer who basically had this tote bag that said love in her closet. And she wasn't doing anything with it because she was a, became a caterer. She's a great cook and caterer. And I was like, you know what, I feel like I could build on something like that. Like that's something that I could manufacture. She pointed me in directions of like people who could manufacture and and put it together. And I was like, okay, that's, that's what I want to design and develop. And that's, I'm going to do that. That spreads love. That's a good way to start spreading love and getting it out there. Plus it was an amazing chemo bag. It was the purpose, perfect size. It fit everything. It reminds you of, love and you're surrounded by love through everything so i just thought it was like okay check that was perfect check that was perfect okay how do i start a business ask my husband whatever llc whatever that means okay i'll just do that sign up check pay my dues check (laughs) get a website designer okay okay i could do that uh take pictures okay so it just kind of like i just went on the journey i had no idea what i was doing i just kind of did it if that makes sense yeah no, I I love it. And I mean, I I have a saying, I can't remember where I heard it, but it's, sometimes you just build the plane as you fly it. Yes. That's how, and, it, how it's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You were just learning as you go, but it was all kind of coming together so easily, which I mm-hmm. felt like so supported. Okay. This is supposed to happen because it is coming together easily. And like the first 
time I got the bags out was like I was invited to be on extra tonight, you know, with Mario Lopez. And it was during October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And it was, you know, I'd just gone through chemo and I had my like very short hair. And, you know, I had this whole stage of like all over the country of like sharing my story and showing the bags. And so that sort of was a great start. And uh, from there, it just kept, you know, people coming and doing little news things here and there. And then UCLA uh, honored me as a patient in 2019, I think it was. And they did a whole story on me and what I did. And also the fact that our love of our lives, Bo, our dog became also a cancer survivor after I had cancer. <laughs> so they did like part of the story on him. And wow. I mean, it was it was done all like at a Laker game in front of all the people at stables and, and it was so much fun. So, you know, it's like things like that, that are just like, okay, getting it out there. Um, so I'm just sort of, yeah, going on the ride and saying, yes. That's amazing. And I think that's something that that first step of just saying yes is something that people struggle with. And the more we tell a story of us saying yes, and things working and sometimes things don't work out but like we've learned through your story like there's a there's a reason why and you just have to stay on the journey and the path and you'll find out why and something yeah. greater is out there for you exactly exactly uh and just understanding that you don't have to know everything like you'll know it when you know it but just yeah. find the joy in just being alive and just being healthy or having a great friend or having a great family. Uh, there's always something to be happy with. And that really is like, if you're alive and you're here, like bottom line, life is a gift done. We all are blessed to be alive. It's just a fact. And you know, absolutely, yeah. And if we just cannot remember that, it just makes everything a little easier, you know? But I would also say, like, don't just get into a business because you want to get into a business like for money. You know, yeah. it has to be like a passion. And I feel like the businesses now that are being developed are like they're they're going to help other people and you. You know, you're not just doing it to help you in a way. You're not just doing it to make money. You're doing it because this is what you feel like the world possibly needs. And if the world needs it, then you're going to be giving things, you know, whether even if it's fun and great clothing, but you're helping people, you know, feel good in some way. Yeah. And, and, and doing that, you're also creating abundance for yourself. So for sure. And it, yeah, that makes me think of just like me even starting this podcast. Like I have no idea how to run a podcast. I, I, <laughs> I bought a microphone and a headset and just started it and hired someone to make this logo. But I, but I'm passionate about like hearing people's stories and sharing mm -hmm. people's stories because people have a message and others want to help people. And that's the whole point of the helpful huddle is yeah. huddling together to help people. Exactly. I think it's brilliant. It's great. And it's simple. And it really is just telling the truth. And everyone mm -hmm. has a story. And I really feel stories are yeah, for sharing yeah. because somebody is going to connect something in that story. And that's going to help that person in their journey. So exactly. you never know how many people you're helping. You're just sharing and caring <laughs> and it's great for sure for sure and i've told my wife and anyone that asked me like i'll i know 
I know that I'll probably never make a cent off of it, off of doing a podcast, but if I can help one person that's listening, that's more than enough for me. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, that's a small piece of the helpful huddle, but I wanted to ask you, you mentioned writing a book with mm-hmm. your husband, what, without giving too much away, cause I don't know if you've actually wrote one of them yet, but what is the outlook on that? What are you writing about? So it's written, it's out there. We okay. actually, uh, it was published and released last May. Uh, Congrats. Honor my five-year cancer-free mark. So, which wow. was obviously a huge deal because I made it to the five years. And then I was like, okay, now let's get this life going. Now that I know it's not coming back. But it was, it was our project during covid you know, like, what do you do when you're stuck in the house? And we always had this idea. Well, I always knew I wanted to write a book about my journey. And it was mm-hmm. his idea to come into it and share the perspective of the caregiver. Because mm-hmm. when you are diagnosed, there's always a lot of people that are affected by that one diagnosis. And sure. every woman probably has a caregiver, whether it's their husband or a mother or a friend. Um, there's always someone probably as the caregiver and somebody as the patient. So, and one of our favorite movies was, is, is when Harry met Sally. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. It's with Megan. and So it's, it's when Harry met Sally and then Sally gets cancer. That's how we describe it because it's my journey as the patient, but he has his outlook as the caregiver. And it's like a back and forth. He said, she said, and we, take everyone through like connecting the dots, how we met going through IVF and then boom, cancer and how, you know, we just got married. We're just newlyweds and we're just now what? Like, so how did we figure it out? We're showing you how we figured it out and it wasn't easy. It was messy. And, you know, we, I, I documented a lot of the stuff as I was going through cancer. So I had a lot of journal entries. I had a lot of letters that I wrote to him and that he wrote to me just because a lot of our communication was writing letters because that was the best way to get like the deep, real hard feelings out. And so um, we share all of our mistakes. We share all of our, you know, lessons and the funny quirky things. And it really was a shit show in a way. However, we made it through and we made it through and we became better. And so our whole goal is, you know, to share our story to help other couples get through it. And, you know, we give lists in the back of like how to get through surgery and how to get through chemo and what things helped us. And so there are sort of like very, like just facts that you can go to a page and figure out, okay, I go, I go to surgery. What do I need? I'll, I'll get the book. But it's also just like, you know, the showing of the mindsets and how, my husband, Larry, how he changed as the caregiver and how I changed as a patient and how we both became even better as a couple. So it's called everyone needs a Larry, (laughs) (laughs) which is true. Everyone needs a caregiver. Um, And it was my way of honoring him and all of my support because like the patient, nobody wants to be diagnosed with cancer, but also nobody wants to be like, 
a caregiver all of a sudden, you know, we both didn't pick the rules. We were just given them and we made the best out of them. So, uh, yeah, we hope it'll become a series sometimes because it'll be really fun and inspiring, not just like a cancer story, you know, fun. Yeah, no, I love it. And I love the story and I love the perspective and yeah, I, I love everything about it. And it actually led me to a question because you mentioned early, early on in our interview that like you were always a from like birth, you were like a strong, independent person. And in the case of you being diagnosed, you became, I imagine, very dependent all of a sudden. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I, I guess... Can you describe that transition for you of going from this strong, independent person to now you're forced to be dependent? Well, it was actually an amazing lesson I needed because, um, well, first of all, I had no idea what I was going to be like as a sick person. Like, I just Mm -hmm. could not understand. I don't do sick like how am I going to be am I going to be weak am I going to be just stuck in bed are people going to feel sorry for me like I felt like so scared like everything about my personality was going to change and people were going to feel sorry for me and it turned out that I I was a really easy patient by the way because I did I continued to live my life however I was able to like give myself a break. I was able to take naps when I wanted to because I had cancer and I was going through chemo. So like, don't fight it. You know, my body needs to rest. So it was like, it gave me just like an easiness of like listening to my body, you know, and tuning into my body. And it became like a joke, like, you know, go do that because I have cancer, you know, or can you rub my feet because I have cancer, you know, you know, I'm so tired. I just, can we stay home? I have cancer or, you know, I feel like going out and I, I never feel like going out. Let's go out because I have cancer, you know? So it was, I, I had fun with it and I leaned into it and, um, it was, you know, a perk. Like I played the cancer card, which everybody should do if they have cancer because, uh, they won't get to, um, you know, it was fun for me to milk it and embrace the help that everyone wanted to give me. And just like so grateful for all the friends and family that I had that came together. It made me feel really just fortunate for just my tribe. And so as much as I didn't need everything, as much as I thought maybe, I didn't feel, I felt very taken care of and I felt that's what I needed to lean into, like allowing myself to be taken care of and enjoying it and not feeling bad about myself, feeling just grateful for the people that do want to take care of me and just feeling lucky for that. That's amazing. I love it. I love that you played into it and made it more of a (laughs) joke and a lighthearted thing. I think that's important and fun and an interesting, but amazing way to go about it. Um, and then kind of going back to your books, potential series mm-hmm. when, so before I ask, when you say series, do you just mean like Netflix or do you mean like a second book, a third book? 
Well, I mean, for for this one book, I feel like yeah. it will play. I mean, we thought about is it a movie or is it a series? I feel like there's so many episodes in the book that I feel like mm -hmm. it could be told better as a series as opposed to a movie. Um, as far as more books, I definitely want to write more books and I want to write with the theme. Everyone needs a something. And mm -hmm. right now I've been committing to a meditation, a year of meditating every day. And I have a teacher and her name happens to be Jen. And I feel like I put myself as the subject. How do I, how does my mind change from January to January? And how does my life look from January to January? And what are all the changes and how is meditation helping or hurting or doing nothing? And I'm finding it so crazy helpful in living and guiding me and uh, giving me a deeper, bigger perspective on everything. And I think that I'll title it like everyone needs a Jen because, you know, her name's Jen and it's basically Jen yeah. and Jen. She's the teacher and I'm a student. And it's back and forth. So mm. um, I think, you know, that's probably going to be the series. You know, everyone needs gotcha. whatever, whatever comes to me at the time. Gotcha. No, that makes total sense. And I don't know. I just I can see it just learning about your story and where you are in your life right now. I can just see it as an ongoing process because it leads from everyone needs a Larry and however, however far that gets, I need to read the book and find out. But, mm -hmm. and then, but then my mind was like season two, Jen, Jen and Larry are working on a business and how that plays out and so on and so forth. Like, I, I think it's a very yeah. cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. We thought of that a lot too. Like, you know, first of all, we were thinking, okay, should we adopt a kid? Like Jenna, Jenna Larry, start a family. <laughs> like, <laughs> that didn't happen. Other things will happen. Yeah. But um, no, it's kind of fun to think about. But, you know, it isn't easy getting a series made. Of course. Um, so, and of course, there's a writer strike right now. So that is very challenging. However, um, we do have certain steps that ha have happened along the way. So... Amazing. I just have to stay believing and trusting that's all working out for everyone's highest good, including mine. I love it. And before, before we continue, I would have, I need to ask if, if you could cast Jen, you, Jen, who, who's playing you, anybody in the world. And it could be you, you were an actress. I was an actress. I know, but I want somebody cuter and <laughs> younger. <laughs> <laughs> um so uh there's i can't believe i'm blacking on her name but there's a series called bloodline and dead to me and the woman in it linda cartellini i think her name is she's very dark but she's also very quirky and interesting and i really like her and for larry we thought of ben stiller if we had to pick someone and also Kate Hudson would be a great uh Jen too Kate I love it Hudson and Ben Stiller would be funny I love it make sure that all of them pick up the book and push it to their agents and I know I know <laughs> it's a good read too well, uh, I'm gonna get it yeah. so and also you'll like this because uh we are huge Larry David fans um okay. everyone uh 
uh, curb your enthusiasm. I so have a, an amazing uh, episode for Larry David where he he sees this woman reading Everyone Needs a Larry and he's like, Larry, who's Larry? Like I'm every I'm the Larry everyone needs. And he asks and then he he finds out the story and like this woman, Jen, had stage four cancer and she was grateful and she was happy and like all she had to do is change her mindset and he's like so curious about it. And then he meets us and then he goes on this gratitude challenge so it's like watching larry david become grateful and still everyone in his life stay pissed off at him there's like what the <laughs> fuck is this like, <laughs> like larry happy and grateful like no that's not the larry we love and so um i have it all written down it's very funny so we hope that either we're gonna meet him and he's gonna do an episode with us on his show or he will just be a guest star on our series in an episode. I love it. That's it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. And I know this is all going to happen. Manifest it. I love it. Um, But as we are winding down on our episode, our hour, I, I have a couple more questions for you. And I know that we've talked about a lot through this episode. I can't imagine trying to encompass it all. But like if our listeners just had one takeaway message from this, from you, if they didn't hear the other 59 minutes of what, however long this episode is, what would you want them to hear? Okay. That's a big, deep question. Take um, your time on it. I mean, there are certain keywords that remind me of just how to live life happier and it's, uh, to me, it's about loving, finding self-love for you and understanding that we are all here for a reason. Everything that's happening to us is happening for a reason. I feel our soul is in charge of all of the things that happen to us. And so never doubt yourself you're part of god for all pieces of this big god energy universe source and you're everyone's amazing just believe in your specialness and believe that you're here for a reason and even if you feel sad or angry or depressed uh that's meant to guide you to possibly make a different choice or put you on a path that you don't even know you're supposed to be on yet. But it's just understanding that everything is leading you to yourself and the healer that you are and the huge energy and love that you are. So stop worrying so much <laughs> and try to enjoy everything try to enjoy everything that you know you experience because the other alternative is just to be dead so i always thought like you know i have cancer it's better than being dead whatever <laughs> <laughs> one day i'm gonna be dead so and i'll probably wish that i had cancer <laughs> so no i i love that i think that's a great takeaway message and something that 
that we don't hear enough, I would say, in this life and with everything that goes on in the news and everything like that, we don't hear that message enough. Um, so thank you for thank you for sharing that. My pleasure. I think, you know, I think about death all the time, but not in like a bad way. It's just an awareness like we are all going to die. That's like a for sure thing. So it's not to be nervous about it. It's just to be like my life. I want it to be as happy as possible, you know, because I know one day it's not going to be life anymore. And I just don't want to waste, you know, the, the time here even though I will be having bad days and sad days, but it's just, it's being okay with all of it. You know, it's a bad day is not a bad day when you're alive and healthy, you know, I mean, it could be a bad day, but you know what I mean? It's still okay because you're alive and here. Absolutely. And I love it. And made, you made me think of, I can't remember where I heard it from, but, when you talk about your tombstone and there's always birth date, death date, but there's always a dash in the middle. And it's what you do with that dash during that time that really matters. So that's exactly what you made me think of. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't have to be very grandiose. It can just be, you know, you love, being in the mountains and you love your friends and you're happy. And that Mm -hmm. is amazing. You know, like just, that's the goal really just to be happy. And I think it's really hard to be happy in this world right now. So if you can figure out how to be happy and how to keep your light with all the negative stuff coming and all the war, I mean, it's to me, is so retarded that we are still fighting each other. Like, I don't comprehend that. Why can't we talk it out? You know, like, why can't we figure out a resolution? I am not better than you. You are not better than me. We are all human beings, the same. That's it. So what, why are we fighting? I mean, it just seems so retarded to me. I completely agree. And we could open up a whole other can of worms of that conversation. (laughs) But I mean, long story short, I completely agree. I I think we're way too far along to be taking steps back and fighting with each other. Yeah. Um, But, you know, they say like the, the better we get also the worse we get because we're always like polarized um, and mm -hmm. going two directions. So the fact that we are, I think, growing and evolving just means a lot of other people are not so just as but very true but just yeah the our goal is to keep our light shining through the darkness and not let the darkness take our light i love that i'm right i've been taking notes if you haven't been telling but i'm writing that one down okay good Um, (laughs) i'll write it down too (laughs) Um, and to, to come to a close for our interview, I know we're around that hour mark. Um, and just prefacing this last question is I'll put any links and things in, if you're watching on YouTube underneath you, it'll be in the description of all the YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, all of those things. But 
I always like to wrap up by giving you an opportunity to kind of like, quote unquote, market yourself. Like if people want to continue to have this conversation or learn more about you, learn more about a zero negative, follow your journey as a whole, how, how can they do that? So the website for zero negative is shop zero negative.com. And uh, my email, cause I'm always available for anybody to reach out because I love helping and helping patients become their own powerful healers. Uh, my email is Jen, J E N N at shop zero negative.com. My Instagram, I think, is how we found each other. I'm not sure, but it's at Shop Zero Negative. And um, the book everyone should read is Everyone Needs a Larry. And it's available on Amazon. And uh, what else? I think that's about it. Yeah. That all about covers it. And I'll ha- again, I'll have those linked in all the descriptions. Go take it straight to Amazon if we need to, straight to Instagram. Um, but Jen, thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me today. I've learned so much about you. I think I think you have an amazing message, and I'm really happy to hear that you're you're what a part of your mission is spreading it and spreading your story and letting people know like like that whatever you're going through, this isn't it. This doesn't have to be the end. Exactly. It's a chapter in like everything will pass. And this is a chapter. And the best way to get through the chapter is to believe in it and just understand that it's helping you in some way. Just look for the lessons and be curious and embrace it because pretty soon you won't have to embrace it anymore. You know, how do you get through it the best way? And that being said, I don't see death as a bad thing. It's just a transition. So some people choose that as well. And yes, it's so sad. It's so sad to like lose our loved ones and people. But I just feel that we're all choosing ultimately what we're going through. And so... And we never die. Energy doesn't die. We just move and transition. Love it. I love that as a closing message. (laughs) Again, thank you you so much. I've absolutely loved this interview. I I can't wait to honestly share it. I'm so glad that you reached out. And I uh, congratulate you for your new member of your family. That must be (laughs) very fun. Uh, But yeah was a great conversation thank you absolutely thank you so much and to our listeners we are signing off thank you for listening bye wait